0: The following message is from Kings Church 1066, based in Hastings, Bexhill and the surrounding area. For more information, head to our website, kings1066.org.
1: ...about my Jesus, there ain't no sinner that he can't save, and he even rose up from the grave. Leave it up there, um, and as I'm talking and talking about other things, I just want you to be going over this. If you switch off from me, go over this. This is the task of the church. And it starts by telling people about Jesus. No message, no disciples. No talking about Jesus, no one to disciple. You can't take evangelism, sharing the message out of discipleship. If you stop showing your, stop sharing your faith, you have stopped being a true disciple and follower of Jesus. You still are a disciple, there's just something missing. It is part of the cake. You know, you have a recipe, you have chili and you put no chilies in it, it's not chili anymore. You know, you have a recipe, you have chili and you put no chilies in it, it's not chili anymore. It's still got most of it, The church is called to be salt and light on the earth. And that means we stand up and say, let me tell you about my Jesus. There ain't no sinner that he can't save. He rose up and left an empty grave. His love is available. His grace is free. Let me tell you about my Jesus. This is the message we have. This is why we're still here. It's one of the reasons. I don't think we're still here on earth just because he hasn't quite finished perfecting us and getting us ready for heaven. That is what happens. That is true. That's called sanctification. That's part of discipleship. But we are here because there's so many people that don't know him. And when Jesus says, enough, I'm coming back, everyone that doesn't follow him is lost eternally. And so the pain that would cause to God means he's happy for the back of the tapestry and the pain we have now because he's still trying to save people. That's what, why doesn't God do something? Because the pain of losing so many people is greater to God than the pain of what we go through now. We don't have a pain-free, sickness-free, some of us need to hear that, In this life, we don't all have a pain-free, sickness-free, suffering-free life. You just can't get that from the Bible. Paul saw people raised from the dead, which is more than any of us seen. And still, he said to Timothy, take some wine for your stomach. We live on the back of the tapestry now, often going, what on earth is going on? And the reason is, Jesus is doing something that one day we will look back and go, oh my goodness, Look at that. Look at how my life fits into that. Look at how the nations fit into that. Our job is to tell people about Jesus. And I've got a sneaking suspicion we've been conned as a church to be quiet. We're waiting for the perfect opportunity. We're waiting for the divine appointment, not a phrase you'll find in the Bible. We've been conned to be quiet. We're supposed to speak, and when we do, we're promised we'll get in trouble for it in the end. That's what the Bible says. And the reason I was quiet for so long, I just put it out there, is because I was a little bit chicken. The cost of me speaking was too much. I wanted to avoid it. That's the truth. The fear of man, humanity, and what it might cost me was greater than my fear of God. That's what happened. This is not an excuse to be a loud mouth, to be a big head, to be unloving. Of course it's not. If you're going to be like that, <laughs> you need the other bit of discipleship where you become more like Jesus. So please, don't you go around thinking, John said, you know, if, you're, if you are irritating to people and you don't listen more than you speak, please. That was me, by the way. That's what I used to be like. And it did more harm than good. But our job is to tell people about Jesus because no message, no disciples. So, what is the message we're supposed to speak? I've got three, I haven't got long, so I've got three quick points for you. Number one deity. Okay, this is the gospel really in one way deity. This is the first port of call. Why doesn't God do something? Good news, he has deity. Why doesn't God do something? Good news. He has. He really has. 2,000 years ago, this person called Jesus turned out to be fully human and turned out to be fully God. Suddenly, the God who made it all, the one who is, who was, and is to come, stepped into time and gave his life for me. Your hand is seen in galaxies But yet now when I come to you, your spirit lives in me. The one who was the word, the one who before Abraham I was, he turned up as a baby. He had to have his bottom wiped. I mean, it's absolutely mind-blowing. He cried at night. He grew up as a teenager, played games. Would have won some, would have lost some. I don't think he was probably a sporting guru. I don't think it was like that. He came. Why doesn't God do something? He has. And if we don't say something, nobody knows. And what they do is they go around saying, I'm really spiritual. And they do all this stuff that might help restrain the problems in them a little bit, but it doesn't save them. We are the church. We're called to speak and stand up. Whatever your reason is in your head for not speaking the gospel, let me tell you, it's at best a half-truth and at worst you've been lied to. We've been conned. Don't want to offend people. The gospel is offensive. I don't want to be an offense, but the gospel message is because it says you're not a really good person on your own. You were made beautiful, but something went wrong and corruption came in. What does does God has come mean? It means this, and I might not even get on to the next two points. It means this. Think about how messed up you are. Think about how messed up your neighbours are. I mean, they park across your drive and they... They leave their bin in the way. Think about that. Think about how messed up governments can be. These people think, I'm going to run for government because I I believe um, I've got some answers. And then they become selfish or big business. Think about it. Tell me the culture you know that's perfect. Tell me the culture you know where the poor never suffer, where the rich don't get rich. Tell me, if you know, tell me the business that always works for the common good, always, never selfish. It doesn't exist because there's such a problem in the heart of mankind. There's such a problem that it's in you and me, and when we get get together and form organisations and structures and businesses, it seems to get worse, not better. Even when people start wanting to be good, that's because there's a corruption in us. And what happened when this baby was born, in relative poverty, in a nation that was under the control of a dominant of the Roman Empire, what happened was something more powerful than the corruption in you and me, more powerful than the corruption in organizations and institutions, entered planet Earth. The God-man came. And suddenly, no matter how damaged, abused, broken you are, no matter how messed up you are, there is a power, a person who came, who's going to start to undo that and make you change all the, the mess in the world. And he does it one heart at a time. And the problem was he was rejected because he just didn't look powerful. He's rejected because he came... As a baby in a manger, people didn't like it. And then they didn't like his message because he said, no, 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 even if you're broken, you have to repent too. And Paul's going to talk about that. You all have to repent. And he got rejected because everyone wants to go, I'm all right. It's them that needs to sort themselves out. I'm conservative, it's Labour that got to sort themselves out. I'm Labour, it's Conservatives that got to sort themselves out. I'm, I'm for Brexit, I'm against Brexit. It's them, it's them. It's, we're so polarised, Jesus came and said, it's all of you. And people went, I do not like that. So he got rejected. This is our message. God has come. Everything is being made right. And one day, the back of the tapestry will be flipped over, and we'll go, wow, look what he's done. There is a power on planet Earth to save and change you and me. That's deity. Second point, death. The answer, the power, the one who came died. This is the gospel message. God has come, the God-man, Jesus Christ, but he died. Even his followers went, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen. Even his followers, you're not supposed to die Imagine that. Here comes Lionel Messi onto the pitch. He's going to win the World Cup for us. Bang, first tackle. He's off, injured. End of his football career. You're like, oh, that's not in the script. He's supposed to do what he did. He's supposed to help you win, and it all comes happily ever after, and he gets the rope on him. The the God man, the one who's supposed to change it, all died. And another lot of people reject him now. No, 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 that's not power. And it is because what happened was this. In order, although Jesus came and he's God, the God man, he has all the power in the world, there's this problem. There's this list of stuff you and I have done wrong that God cannot just overlook. We've got this phrase, God forgives sin. I think that's too quick. Do you know there's not a sin in the world God ever forgave? Not one. There's not one sin in history in the world that God ever forgave without its penalty being paid first. The reason God forgives is because he punishes sin. He eradicates it. He destroys it because it's damaging. Either what you and I have done is laid on Jesus, and when he died, he paid for your sin. Or in a false confidence, I'm going to stand before God on my own two feet. And I'll give him the excuse and the reason why. And it won't go well, because God will say, what you did with your mouth in your life, guilty. What you did with your hands in your life, guilty. What you did in your mind where no one could see, guilty. What you did to your neighbour and friends, guilty, 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 guilty. Away from me. That's why Jesus came. My wrongdoing, my sin, my falling short... I mean, mine is pages longer probably than yours. It was paid for by Jesus when he died. He took the punishment for my sin. God has come. He's paid for my sin. Such good news so I can be clean. But the third point is God has come. Deity, death, and this is the best bit. Resurrection. I want to say resurrection, baby, because it's so amazing. Jesus rose again. And that means we can know him. We can know him now. This Jesus that walked on the earth, I don't need to be a disciple, an apostle back then. I don't need to be one of the women that followed him around. I can know him now. They don't know him better than I do. They don't because he speaks to me and he knows me and he lives in me. I'm looking forward to seeing him face to face. But you, when you know him, you know him in reality and truth. You know him as he truly is and he knows you. When I wake up in the morning and I think the last thing I want to do is open my Bible because I'm tired and we had a half night of prayer. He's still there by the Holy Spirit going, hey, John, come spend time with me. Come speak to me. So this is the gospel message we've got. God has come, so everything changes. All the broken parts of the world can be undone and made new. But it doesn't all come now. It comes one heart at a time. Second, he died. He really did. They stuck a spear in his side and blood and water came out. And they didn't know medically. That's a good sign he's dead at the time. It's just a thing they noticed. He died. He really died for you and me, not for himself. He actually engineered it to make sure that he went to the cross, to pay for you and me, so we can be free. That's good news. And then he rose again. He lives. And if you choose to put your trust in him and follow him and all his teaching, his obedience, what happens is this. What the death we should have had is given to him and the life that he has is given to us. We can live with him now and forever. Amen.
0: So we need a meeting on Tuesday with the fact that we played country music in, the morning, in a Sunday morning. Oh, country music. Come on. It's like, oh, was that a cheer for country music? No, 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 no I'm sorry. No, yeah, no. Come on. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Country music? Well, anyway, thanks, John. Brilliant. It's just really helpful. So I want to kind of like narrow it down a bit into a certain area of the gospel message. I hope what I'm going to share for the next 10 minutes might be really helpful for you sitting down with your mates, with your friends, with your workmates, with your colleagues, with your family, whoever it is. Because actually the key message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is not about really I've done good over here or I've done bad over here. It's not really I'm really poor over here. I'm really rich over here. The key core message of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that sin is the issue. Okay? Sin is the issue. In your own sight, in your own mind, in your own way, you may feel like I'm getting everything right, I'm doing everything right. The offense of the gospel is you are not doing everything right. You're not doing everything right. No one is. Sometimes we can talk about my week's been bad, or my life's really difficult. That's kind of the, the kind of pollution of sin, if you like. The root of the issue is sin itself. Can you show that? Can you show that video? Is that alright? Take a look at this. Pretty, pretty videos and pretty colours. Check that out. You see a video up. The world that we live in, okay, actually is a beautiful, wonderful, Amazing creation and there is so much good in the world that we live in. It's brilliant. You look on yeah, you can look, at me, it reflects something of God, and it's amazing and incredible. Us as human beings, actually, we do reflect good. There is something about us that reflects something good of God, the way we can sacrifice for one another. love, getting alongside other people. Humanity has the ability for greatness. And it is there and it does come out. But humanity on the other side has the incredible ability for destruction. And where does that come from? What does that look like? How did we end up there? Well, the Bible's clear. Before all that ink was pumped into that, it was pure, pure water. Pure, pure water. And how I find it really helpful to look at this whole big word of sin that was talked so much about. That actually when you talk to people that don't really know Jesus, you say the word sin. And I'm not quite sure where they know where that lands actually. What does that even mean? Okay? What does that even mean? It means that there was once a point where everything was alright and perfect and that point is not now. And just like that ink has been pushed into kind of like water, what 's pure, what 's right, what 's good, it gets injected in, and one of the things that sin does is pollutes. I just find it really helpful to look at sin as this idea and a word called pollutant okay it 's something that 's there that shouldn 't be something that 's near there that was never actually designed to be there in the first place. It darkens, it confuses, it destroys a bit, it gets things a bit muddy, there's no real clarity. Sin is a pollutant, it's a pollutant. Jesus, when he was walking around, talking to different people, he had his disciples, one of the things that he did brilliantly was help people understand this is what sin looks like. Because we kind of live in a world where I'm not entirely sure people know what sin actually looks like. Because when you're born into it, you don't really know any different. Do you get what I mean by that? So sometimes you need someone to help you see, ah, so that's what sin is. Jesus did that brilliantly. He walks around, he engages with some religious leaders at a time, and he did it brilliantly. And they were talking about how his disciples weren't washing their hands and doing things that apparently were the things that kept you clean. Jesus comes back and says, no, 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 it's not the things on the outside that come to you that make you unclean. What makes you unclean is what comes from within. That's the thing that makes you unclean. There's a pollutant at work in our life. The Bible says it's something we're born into. You ain't really got much of a choice about it. It's a pollutant. It muddies, stops the seeing things right. The things that come out of the heart, Jesus went on to say, things like evil thoughts, envy, sexual immorality, murder, slander, deceit, arrogance, folly. This is what pollution looks like within. It muddies the water of our life. In the world we live in, there's a lot of finger pointing around in the world today. Often that it's always other people's fault sometimes for the world that we live in to be the state that we're in. The gospel message said it's our fault as well. We've got to take some ownership. Sin's within. There's a pollutant. It's polluted us. It's polluted the world we live in. Rich, poor. Whatever the nation, doesn't matter. Sin has polluted. I bet you're glad you came this morning. First problem of sin is the pollutant. Second problem is sin. It's incredibly powerful. You just try stopping that thing you want to stop doing for definite for the rest of your life. Sometimes that can happen. The attitudes, the arrogance, the pride, the thing that you do try and stop, your New Year's resolution, I'm going to stop being like this, and then two weeks later you're back at it. Sin's incredibly powerful. We can change ourselves to a degree and a level, definitely. But you're never going to break its power fully again jesus is walking about gives across this brilliant brilliant thing those who sin are a slave to it you're a slave to it it's polluted everywhere you're a slave to it born into it how are you going to get out of it very powerful sin is powerful sometimes hard to, to, to decipher what it is, what it isn't, let alone breaking its back fully in our lives. You want to stop an attitude or an addiction or a pride, and though we may progress and change our own lives, which is totally possible, totally, the power of it is still at work in different areas. Ever had that discussion with a mate who said, I just want to be able to just be different. I just want to be able to be different, or like this, or like that. I'm a Christian and I still want to be like that. But there are certain elements where sin is powerful. Third thing, sin, it's partition. Ever sat down and talked to someone and they feel like, or one of the, the, so I have this conversation a fair bit, one of the things that that if you're, you're struggling to believe in God, one of the things that you might find hard is, where on earth is God in all this then? If you talk to me about a God who loves, where on earth is He? Can I be quite blunt? There is a partition. God is at work, definitely. But our sin puts a barrier between us and God, and that barrier needs to be removed in our lives. It's not that God is not at work, He definitely is at work. It's not that God does not exist, He definitely exists. But there is a problem, and that is sin, and there is a partition that stops us coming from God. Isaiah 59, but your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. God is a God of love, but he is very much a God of justice as well. Sin separates us from God. That's the problem we've got. God Himself is not the problem. Sin is the problem. And then you've got the last bit penalty. There's a penalty to pay. Again, in the world that we live in, and I want to keep trying to kind of relate it to the world that we live in because we live in it, funny enough. There's a penalty. Nine times out of ten, when you see someone do something bad on the news, when you see someone do something bad around you, when someone does something bad to us, there is a sense of injustice and you want that person to pay a price for the injustice that they've caused around them. Am I right in that? Okay. The difficult thing is for us, this is the offence of the gospel, the difficult thing is accepting and recognising that we are the ones in the wrong in the sight of God And so we have to pay a penalty. It's a bit brutal this morning. We're happy for other people to pay the penalty when we look and see, right, you've done wrong, you've done bad, and so you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you need to pay that penalty yourself. The reality of the gospel is if we're the sinners and we're getting it wrong, we have to pay a penalty. That don't sit so well, does it? It doesn't. That don't sit so well. It's pretty full on this morning. I kind of want to apologise, but I don't because this is the truth of the gospel. Sin is a pollutant. You can see it everywhere in the world, okay? But it pollutes our lives. And we have to take some ownership for that. It is very powerful. You can see it everywhere in the world. The world where we live, but it's powerful in us. There's a partition. God, where are you? You are very distant. Are you even real? He's definitely real. He's not distant. He is there. But sin brings a partition between us and God. And then you've got the penalty the fact that we have to pay a penalty for our sin before God Himself. Do you want me to leave it there, or do you want a bit of good news? Thank goodness for that. Sin is like a web. It tangles, it pollutes, it sticks, it confuses, it darkens, it destroys. All that is good, all that is right, it muddies it. And it has a massive effect. It separates from the God who made us, from the God who loves us. There is a penalty to pay. But the good news is that God loves us and he has never once left us alone. He has spoken, he has acted, so that all of that stuff I've just said is done. 1 John 1, 7. It's pollution. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from every single sin. Sin's pollution, now to a big old tree, along with Jesus, and sort it out. Okay, give me a minute, I know it's not. It is one there, on that tree. Sin's power, John 8, 36. If the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. No question. No question about it. It's either done or it's not. It's done. Sin is defeated. Sin is defeated. It's partition blocking us from God. 2 Corinthians 5, 19. God is reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sin against them. There's a big old work of reconciliation going on between us and God because of what Jesus has won on the cross day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out. The world is not perfect, but he is reconciling himself. People all over the planet, even at this very moment in the time that we live in today, Someone will come to Jesus for the first time, have their sin sorted out, and they are reconciled back to Jesus. To God through Jesus. There's a big old plan unfolding that we're a part of. That is exciting. And it's penalty. What time are we on? God, I'm doing all right. It's penalty. Well, I think I am. <laughs> it's penalty, Romans 5:1. We have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. What's that going to be like? Imagine having peace with God Himself. Peace with God Himself. The gospel message when we talk about sin. It's all these things everywhere kind of floating around there are elements of life which are wonderful our ability to do incredible things is there we're made in the image of God and I truly believe that a lot of that reflects the God that made us but there is a sin at work in the world that we live in we are born into it that is an issue and Jesus came to fix it and sort it we're not perfect by any means But he is at work in our lives as we follow Jesus. As we commit fully to him, he begins to clean us up and work us out and sort us out. And so the gospel answers some of life's issues. Actually, it answers all of life's issues. Hand on heart. Could I easily stand up here and say, come to Jesus and he will fix the exact problem that you are facing right now? No. But i tell you what he will fix. Your issue of sin. That's the issue. That's the issue. Why have I talked about that? Why have I talked about that? I've talked about those four areas. One, the Alpha course opens it up brilliantly. If you haven't done Alpha, get yourself on Alpha. It opens this stuff up in such a helpful, good way. But it's this. I've come to realise that when I go into a coffee shop, this stuff is talked about every single day in the world that we live in. But people don't recognise it as the stuff that blocks us away from God. They don't recognise it as sin. I don't know if that makes sense or not. You've been down a coffee shop and people were talking about what's on the the news. Ever been down to coffee pot, that coffee shop and people were kind of talking about this or that's going on for them and this is happening and all around us or oh, the world's falling apart and, and this kind of stuff? That's exactly the stuff I've just been talking about. When you sit down with your mate or whoever it is and they start opening up, it's really good. Please don't sit there and say, you're a sinner, by the way. But you can point to a gospel where Jesus has come in and you can say this, this is the result of stuff that really shouldn't be there. But God himself has come to fix it and he is not distant. And right now, will you let me pray for you? All I'm trying to do is open up that there are huge amounts of areas to talk about Jesus' winning and sin being dealt with in our lives. It's all around us. People talk about it all the time. But don't really recognise that this is the issue. Do you get what I mean by that? It's the world we live in. It's not this, oh, I've just done this really bad thing. Yeah, joined a queue. Haven't we all? The issue is sin. And it's good to be able to recognise, I can actually talk into this. Just by a bit of recognition and a bit of opening up. This is the message we carry As Christians. This is the good news of the gospel. This is the power of the local church at the work in its kind of local community as we go armed with the readiness of the gospel, okay? And what does it look like? It kind of looks like this. Here's a word we haven't heard for a long time and then I'm going to leave us. Do you remember the word repentance? Key message to the kingdom of heaven is repentance. I was going this way in my sin. In the world that's polluted with sin, in my life, I was going this way on my own. And then I heard the voice of the one that's calling me. And his name is Jesus. And repentance looks like this. I'm not going... I'm looking at you guys. I'll, you're great. It's not, don't take it personally. But I'm not going that way anymore. Repentance calls me to face another way, to put my trust in Jesus that He has sorted sin out, and then I go His way. And I start to learn from Him, and I start to hear Him. I put my trust that He is who He says He was, and what He did on the cross deals with my sin. And He has paid my penalty, He has broken the power of it over my life. The pollution of it is being cleared up and worked out and all that kind of stuff. And there is, what was the other one? The other P. Partition. There's now no partition between me and God. What a gospel. Repentance means I was going that way and now I'm going that way. And it's not a one-off thing, by the way. If you've been a Christian a long time, I find myself still going that way. But I've got to return and say, right, this area of my life, I want to come back to you and I want to follow you. It's a process, and it works through. That Jesus is the one that deals with this. That's the gospel. That's the good news we carry. John's covered the, the bigger picture. I've gone on more than my 15 minutes as usual, but I just wanted to open up those four areas. The four Ps really helpful to carry whenever you're trying to talk about sin, the thing that blocks us from God. Guarantee you, next time you go down the pub you go down the pub next time you go into a cafe next time you talk to your family listen out and see what people are talking about it's fascinating earwig what are you talking about anyway so it's just really helpful to carry those four p's i'm going to hand over to paul maybe in a moment we can hand over to paul and maybe we can pray for alpha that is coming up you'll find all this on alpha okay maybe pray for the alpha course that's coming up but remember the power of the gospel and that we are the ones with the message and we can bring that in our every